Stories out of time and space. Uh, I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I'm joined by Julian Darius, and we are celebrating our 100th episode with a little special. This is a little, just a bonus, really, uh, catching up on our stats and just reflecting on where we've come from, really. Uh, but first and foremost, Julian, how are you doing? You okay? I'm doing great. I don't feel like I'm 100. No, <laughs> so it's, it's all in the joints. It is. It's a, <laughs> it's a healthy diet and good exercise. Um. But yeah, this is a hundred episodes, and that includes everything we've done. This is sort of you know we've done. You have you are the man with the stats, uh, hmm. Stato, and um, so how just you know so we've done hundred episodes, but how many of those are actual movie, full on movie reviews that we've done? Okay, so uh, we've done hundred episodes. We have reviewed sixty movies. Mm, that is inc- counting the Imagination trilogy as three movies, plus the Doctor Who movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the three bonus episode movies like Tune Part One. It is not counting the Red Dwarf TV movie. Um, so not counting that, uh, we're still at 60 movies. And that's not counting all of Red Dwarf, three seasons of Westworld, seven yes. Doctor Who serials, and nine Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. We've done a lot of stuff. So that's a lot of content actually that we've done for this that sort of that sprang out of you and I. Um, having long conversations and being sort of like, we should just record this. I think we should really record this and see what it is that sort of comes out of it. So, um, well, absolutely. I mean, this all came out of me being on 20, uh, 20th century geek mm. with you and just like hitting it off and just being like, we're kindred spirits. You're my brother from another mother who speaks with a, with a weird accent, um, <laughs> that I, that I both love and am jealous of. Um, but, uh, you know, we just hit it off. And I, and I think our rapport speaks for itself. Yeah, it's been a hell of a journey. Because it has, like, you started, the first time you came on to uh, 20th Century Geek was to talk about The Killing Joke. And then we sort of went off and did, as you said, the Imagination Trilogy, we sort of, which we've now rounded out with 12 Monkeys. Um, and, yeah, it sort of grew from there. So we, And I think this has been a real journey. Like we've done, this is, we're, this is halfway through, really, our fourth season. Um so we are, we're doing sort of um, 60 films and including obviously that includes those others, but that's a lot of films, that's some good content. And um, one of the things I've enjoyed about this has been from both sides, I think we've, we've both enjoyed watching films that we probably wouldn't have got to see. I mean, for me, definitely, we wouldn't have got to see if it was not for this, like, you know, um, from going back to season one and sort of, we joke about it, but obviously the first one was like, the first big one was Solaris. Um the Russian epic, which I actually really enjoyed. It's, it's still kind of, it's, you know, it still sticks with me. And I do want to follow that up with Stalker at some point. Um, at some point. So, yeah, there's been, uh, that's been the pleasure. So I can go back and go, yeah, I've watched all these films and I've watched some really cool stuff. So, um, 
Well, we'll get to this when we talk about, um, you know, sort of our ratings and, and mm. what my data shows, because um, I've crunched the numbers and I'm already uh, o- uh, over at the big board uh, going to gonna show viewers um, our biases and, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see whether whether either of us feel guilty or want to revise anything. But um no, I, I think it's, it's been quite a journey. And I think that that first season was sort of like, um, I think each season has had a different flavor. Mm. That first was kind of like, you know, so tentative. It was like, okay, we may only do these 10 episodes. You know, here are the five movies that I want to talk about. Here are the five you want to talk about. I think we had a, a few in between. And then it's really evolved into stuff like, uh, like The Man Who Fell to Earth. Which I never would have watched um, if it weren't for you, and that has totally like it's it's up there with my favorite science fiction movies ever. And I would never have encountered that if it weren't for you and for the system of us challenging ourselves and challenging each other and mixing in like stuff that we want to just see again and, and talk to each other about and sort of see. I want to see what you say about, <laughs> or uh, you know, along with stuff that you know I've never seen and want in there and stuff that you've never seen and, and want to, you know, watch and see what I have to say. Yeah, no, it's definitely broadened like, uh, horizons or broadened my sort of like, you know, the kind of films we're going to watch. Let's say I mean, Alphaville is a good example, uh, for me where sort of like, you know, it wasn't probably my favorite film, but like, I would never have watched that. Um, but in watching it, like I now, you know, um, it just it introduces you to a whole new sort of oh yeah that's French New Wave so that's cool there's a whole sort of other thing that I can sort of enter in. Um, and the same with sort of Eyes Without a Face which I still think is mm. a fantastic film and probably one I would never have got to but we've had these films where like because of our individual I think sort of um, uh, areas of sort of uh, preference we sort of introduce it now it opens it up to to each other um, and. Uh, to the audience as well. I think, you know, we've seen sort of like, there are some people that do watch along with us and have watched certain films Mm -hmm. and, you know, have enjoyed or or maybe not so much enjoyed them. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it opens up those conversations to say like, not just, um, Oh, here's another, you know, typical science fiction film. We're looking Mm -hmm. for those sort of like smaller films um, that I think, you know, if either got lost in the wash or, it just sort of like, you know, people would think, oh, they're impenetrable. I can't go and watch that film. And we say, no, mm. you can, and you can actually enjoy it and take something from it. I mean, I think, you know, it's, um, that's always been the joy for me doing this, doing this podcast. Well, and I think about the movies that we have most disagreed on, um, you know, which have been, I, I think, some of the best episodes. Um, mm. Think about like Valeria and things like this, where I love viewers watching it and saying, like, what the hell is Julian talking about? <laughs> and, and and those episodes are so revealing to me. And and it's in those episodes that I really begin to see the ways in which your mind uh, clicks and works in ways that are different from my own, um, but that are relatable. Mm. Um, you know, I can still understand it. It's not madness. Uh, you know, even if the end result <laughs> might be initially madness to me. Um, it, those are wonderful conversations, and I, I really cherish those. 
Yeah, and I think they say because we have challenged each other as well on some of those. And um, yeah, Valerian is a very good example of uh, hmm. yeah. For me, that's still a head scratcher. But you know, I understand that. Says, you know, we can still say say visually. There's there's there are still areas we can both go. But no, it's great for this. And then we mm-hmm. disagree on other areas. And I think that's um, always been the benefit of this is we do sort of have and we do. You know, I, I like the fact that we sort of certain things have come up. Like I think about Strange Days. And how we both sort of like, you know, yeah, here's this great Catherine Bigelow film we both really enjoy, but we recognise there's problems with it. And we're both like, actually, there's almost like a fourth act to that film that we actually want to see. Like, where's the rest of this story going? Like, it sort of ends early. And we've seen that with a couple of films. Um, and we've sort of thrown out, um, you know, these sort of like analyses from different angles. Or we've then watched like Mars Attacks and just gone like, mm. yeah, this is crazy and we love it. And it's, 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 <laughs> it's you know, it's, there's, a, there's a level of insanity that we enjoy sort of going through that. So, um, yeah, I like the, that, that diversity of how we can approach them. Well, and I think what's most remarkable about that is that we actually agree even when we disagree. Mm. Um, you know, even when I utterly disagree with you about the conclusion, um, about how to rate a film or how overall to judge it, I under, we're speaking the same language. And, yeah. you know, like when you talk about Valerian, I agree with all of your criticism. Um, it just doesn't, you know, sort of tip the scales for me on each of those individual subjects. And when you add up 10 individual subjects that I, I wind up on the other side of the seesaw on, mm. it's a very different movie at the end. But... I totally see that weight on the other side of each individual one. And uh, it's fascinating to be able to go through that in depth with you and, and see that in that detail. Yeah, I think that's the thing is actually that, that, that level of detail we get into is what drives those conversations. Because in some cases, I'd say, you know, I, I think back on some of the conversations we have and we do nitpick. I think one of the things we do is we can sometimes nitpick. Um, and we, we often have to sort of like, clarify the end of the podcast where we're sort of like look we both really like this film <laughs> but we, there are problems with it and yes we have focused on this but we try and sort of i think try to be even-handed and i think um a good example actually would be um a, a recent episode in outland that we both said actually mm. this is this is actually a pretty good film and, and you know with some tweaks could actually have been a real you know classic film however <laughs> there are some glaring issues that we have with it and stuff um, but we both agree that sort of like it's actually a good film, and, and you know, there's 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 something to explore there. And I think that's just, it. it, it they, those nitpicks then lead to I think some of the conversations we have that sort of like that I think are the meat and potatoes of what we really get into. Well, what's most important here is that the world would be better if we're just like you and me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, because <laughs> I, I'm joking, but uh, the truth is we are able to admit. You know, I, yeah, like, I love this. Maybe it's a nine to me and a six to you. Um, but I can admit the faults. I can admit, like, yes, that is a laughable line of dialogue. And I'm not going to bullshit and, and justify it. And I do think that, um, you know, life would be so much easier and better and, and far <laughs> less stressful if everybody could just, like, let go of their egos and say, like, yeah, I love these movies or I hate these movies. But I would admit it has strengths and weaknesses. Mm. No, it, it, I think that's what we have to acknowledge. Like, nothing is perfect. Um, and I think, you know, another good example probably be sort of, I'm sure we've upset some Star Wars fans 
with no. both our, with, with our, yeah with our reviews of both New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. But again, like you and I both acknowledge that like Empire Strikes Back is a, is a a better film. But then we were able to go, yeah. But Yoda talks utter crap, you know. Like we were able to acknowledge that sort of the, some of the philosophy of that film doesn't really make a great deal of sense. But it wasn't supposed to. Like we acknowledge it as a sort of mm. adventure. Take it as an adventure film when it's actually a really good adventure film. But it still yeah. it still definitely has its faults. Um, and so I do. I do like the fact that we're able to do that. Um, for me, I think you know one of the things I do that I I know is both. I think it's a, it's joy. It's a, it's a fun thing to me, but I think it becomes a frustration to others. Is me rewriting? Going like, well, if they just <laughs> if they just did this, you know, um, we could have a better film. Um, now, have you actually heard from viewers who have said that's a frustration, or is that in your no, mind? No, that's... more. I think it's more in my mind. That I'm sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking I'm better than some of these screenwriters, and I understand the process. And the thing I have to acknowledge is I know that sort of often scripts go through multiple hands, and you know, it's an iterative process, and there's notes, and you're trying to satisfy multiple people, mm-hmm. you know, that are paying into this film and have creative inputs. But a lot of times, I have heard others have sort of said, actually, no. Mm-hmm. Your, your version's really interesting, and that's that, that you know, yeah, that would have been an interesting, in, an interesting take, um, or an interesting way to go. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm a creative writer, I mean, I did a creative dissertation, mm. and I love your ideas. I think your <laughs> ideas often just streamline movies, it cuts to the essence. And, um, I think a lot of times, uh, screenwriters and writers, you know, we get bogged down in the 30 things we're trying to do, mm. and Sometimes we forget the three things we have to do. Um, and I think that those exercises, while it can be a little, like it's a violation of what we're supposed to do as critics, right? Um, we're not supposed to, you know, uh, talk about the movie we wish it were. We're supposed to talk about what's right in front of us. Um, having said that, I, I think the way in which that criticism is legitimate is that it's always focused on what is in front of us. Mm. And what it suggests, I think, and I think Empire Strikes Back is uh, a perfect example of that. In our discussions of like what it is objectively saying about Luke and Leia, and your points about the twins, and you know, bring balance to the Force. I mean, it's very obvious <laughs> what's being set up here, and where this needs to go, and where it chickens out or just gets disinterested in, and and doesn't wind up going. Yeah, and there's there's been a few things like that. that we've I always think I I often think about um, Mars Attacks, mm. and there's the two there's the two kid characters in that film, and that sort of says to me I'm like you know that we talked about those. And I was like, well, those they should have a larger part. Like they, but you can see that they were clearly like, but we've paid to have all these cameos that we've got to fit in, and so that's going to be the sort of the focus. And so we understand that and stuff, and we do sort of like you say. So sometimes it's obvious where a film should go and may well have gone in a, a, at certain points. Like I'm sure if we were to know um, the full writing uh, process and the history of some of these films, like I'm pretty sure there's things that you and I have discussed and gone, well, I'm just, I can't believe they haven't done that. That may have well been on the page at some point and someone's gone, ah, that doesn't fit with this wider thing. Or mm. actually we've paid an awful lot of money for Tom Jones to be in the third act. So, <laughs> so he, he's got to be there. Um Right, or or some producer said, "I want a giant spider." Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> you know, as Kevin Smith famously recounted. Um, so let me go back to my stats. Mm. Um, 100 episodes, 
60 movies by my count. Um, uh, it has been just over three years that we have been releasing this. The first episode debuted 21 November 2019. So wow. just over three years. We've done a lot in three years and have a lot more planned. Mm. Um, we have released a, about 163 hours, which works out to almost seven days with no sleep. So, you know. There's a, and there's um, a challenge. There's a challenge for every listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, although I don't think you could follow half of what we're saying on no mm -hmm. sleep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, 168 hours is seven days with no sleep, and we're at 163. Wow. Um, so uh, as far as our ratings go, of those 60, we've rated uh, um, most of the, uh, most of those. Obviously, the current season, we haven't given our ratings yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, let's wait until the mid-season uh, for that. But um, there are three films that we have not rated that I'd like to ask your rating of. And mm -hmm. if we do those, we'll each have 50 ratings in and... I can uh, give you more information. So the first is Westworld. Uh, this is the 1970s movie. Yes, the Yul Brynner one. So I said 6.5. And I said 6.5 as well. Mm. Um, and my thinking is that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's entertaining. It's good for what it is. You know, it's sort of halfway between fine and legit good. Yeah, it's one of those films. I think, as we said, sort of has flashes of brilliance, and then it's a I mean, it's a pulpy kind of film. Like it's you know it, it um, devolves into a sort of a chase film and stuff. But it's very good in sort of some aspects. Early sort of um, you know um, special effects that it sort of relies on that don't quite pan out. But like Yul Brynner, mm. like Yul Brynner's vision when it's supposed to be improved, but it's just some mm. pix <laughs> weird pixelated mess. Um, but like, it's true it, of like Alien and everything. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I love the fact that obviously it clearly influenced like the Terminator, and it's got like you know there's some great ideas in it and stuff. Uh, to the extent that like you know it obviously spawned a TV show, which we discussed as mm. well. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a film. And, and by the TV show, it's fun. You're talking about the HBO series, not the not the old world original. Not, yeah, not not the not the seventies one. Don't bother with that. Don't bother with Future World either, because that's mm. that's not good. Um, have you seen that? I have seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it has. Yul Brynner returns. All I will say is Yul Brynner returns in a dream sequence where he does ballroom dancing. It and that's all I shall st stick to. So, um, I, I think that was based on stock footage too. I don't it, think it he was. actually came back. It's no, like it is. we have the stock footage. Yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah, they did it so they could put him on the poster. Uh, they added mm. it so they could put him in the poster, and it makes no sense. He didn't get paid for it either. Anyway, so yes, Westworld. Um, I will. Uh, it's a film I will watch again. I will definitely go back at mm. some point and watch the film again. But uh, I agree. Um, no, it's it's not a bad film by any means. Um, so Twelve Monkeys. Mm. Um, I gave this film an eight. Uh, to me, this is like, I was very impressed. Um, I remembered it as good, but when we were doing it for the Terry Gilliam block, I was like, you know, this is better than I remember. Like, this is really impeccably put together. Um, so I went with an eight on this. Yeah, I gave this a 7.5. Um, 
it's it, again for some reason like it's a really good film i think it's it's not one you can um not with many gilliam films like it's not one you can just have on in the background like this is not a sort of a relaxing film um but one of the things that sort of highlights to me this is good is the performances like you know, it's it's so like Bruce Willis and, and and Brad Pitt are actually doing some really cool stuff in this film, um, and so yeah, I, do, I think there's a lot, a lot of good stuff in this film. I agree, and I think it's really well written too. Mm. I mean, there's so much that just comes together. It's really brave about its depiction of time travel and the future for humanity. It's dystopian, but also like weirdly French and you know <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot that uh, you know that I, I really admire this film for. It, yeah, I you know it's one of those films. I think it's one of Gilliam's. If I was, I don't know, we have to sort of maybe do that one day. Is take all of Gilliam's films and and, and consider them. But it's it's definitely up there as one of his best. Um, you know, it had the most impact. It opened the door for him to do other things in Hollywood that didn't quite pan out. But he's always been hmm. a little bit on the fringes. But yeah, massive recommend. Yeah, I agree. So, so uh, June part one, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, I gave this a, I this a seven, um, and, I, and I think this has come down a little bit since I rewatched it. And I think this comes back to we sort of we actually sort of touched on this just before we record him, but um, and also when we talked about it, this film is definitely a film of two parts. Like the first half and the very first is very good. I think the the style of this and the sets and the the visuals. Which is definitely Villeneuve's sort of like wheelhouse. Like he makes it a stunning looking film, and it looks great. Um, the The reason it came down a little bit was because I think it is uh, it's a part of a bigger story, and um, there are certain parts that sort of like you know Zendaya sort of looking over her shoulder repeatedly in sort of flashback or flash forwards and stuff gets a little bit. You know, yeah, I get it. You know, it's 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 slightly longer than I think it needs to be. Um, but I think the cast are all great. I think, and I think, well, for the most part, I think Jason Momoa is strangely sort of miscast. Um, mm. And there's a few of the bits, but generally, I, I love the designs. I love the sort of the insect design of the ships. I love the sort of, sort of the aesthetic and, and sort of stuff. Sort of, it's a great film. I just think, and I think, I think my score of this will improve when we have part two. Is what I'm hoping. Touch wood. I I hope the same is true for me. I gave it a six. Mm. Um, you know, which is fine. I, I think that's a good score. Mm. Um, but it's certainly not moving me. And I think that if you look at the first uh, third of that film, that first third is like an eight. It's mm. really mm. strong. And by the end, I mean, that last third is like a four um, yeah. to me. I mean, and, and so uh, I'd like to believe that it will go up. I love me some Denis Villeneuve. Um, you know, he's great French hope. I, I really, I really have all my, my ships on him. Um, I'm pretending to be emotional, uh, you know, but uh, no, I, I'm really happy that they're doing more of this and that he's the one doing it. I just mm. sort of feel that, you know, I don't know whether it was stunt casting and, and that structure of that first one is so incompetent. Um, I mean, just incompetent in basic ways about structure. It's like it, it wants to fit a three-act structure mm. and, it, and it follows the rules of three-act structure. It just bends them in ways that 
are not satisfying in any of its choices. Well, the, I think the thing was, uh, and as we said, I sort of I made a comparison to Lord of the Rings. I think you know, which is a, which is a sort of a fantasy equivalent, and I, I'm not making a direct comparison, but I think if you know the reason that sort of Lord of the Rings, and I know you have an opinion about Lord of the Rings, the films, but. I think I have no opinions about anything, yeah. Scott. <laughs> but one of the reasons I think that it works best as it works well as a three film uh, saga is because it, that's how the books were written. Mm-hmm. You know, like Tolkien actually broke, well, he broke up into six books, but like those six books then work into the three book structure. So you, you have like a, um, an obvious and even like you know even with peter jackson sort of shift things around a little bit but you have obvious sort of like stopping points oh this is this cliffhanger that's that cliffhanger okay we can break it there dune being a single book doesn't have that because if anything sort of like the way that the stories are introduced and some of the characters are introduced in the book you know there's there, there are flashbacks and there's this bit and then there's conversations here and stuff like it, it acts as a single uh big narrative that first book so trying to sort of like put enough information in the first film to then mm. create a, a division point, a breaking point to then create the second half without them being just sort of like, well, we stopped on page 140 or like 203. Now let's move on. Like I can see why they tried to maneuver things to that point, like you say, but in, in trying to sort of force it into that structure to become like a part one and part two, it loses, I think, some of its... Um, it loses some of its sort of its poetry that I think is there in that first half of the film. I think that's true. And I, and I do think that that is the central problem with do mm. is that dividing it in half is the problem. But I would say that I'm dubious as to how it can be improved because I mean, I, I guess most of my complaints are, about part one as a unit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that if part one is always seen as a unit like it's part one and then part two is amazing and fulfills everything it's going to have a slightly different cast and 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 whatever else inevitably it was filmed separately Mm -hmm. it's going to have a slightly different feel to it even if it's if it's seamless and i love it um i will still feel that part one doesn't work as its own thing yeah. it doesn't work as its own half and really that whole back half is not just you know it's not just concerned i mean i think what perplexes me the most is that part one is not just concerned with setting things up for the second half but indulges in these fight scenes and in killing off these celebrities you know acting in these in these unimportant roles um in, in ways that I cannot imagine are going to be redeemed or important in the second half. No, what, what, what is obvious, I think, for me, is exactly what you're saying, is if you, because I went back and I watched the trailer, and there was obviously a couple of trailers for this um, when it, before it came out, and you can see like how they were doing the marketing. There was like, okay, here's the trailer that's like the thoughtful science fiction epic. And a lot of the footage sort of comes from the first part of the film and then they're like okay now we need the star wars crew or the sort of the the, the epic sort <laughs> of like action people in as well here's the other trailer right we're going to show ships on fire we're going to show jason momoa we're going to show this we're going to show that and so it, it sort of has parts of that first part of the film but then slips in these other bits as well where you're going to go oh we've got this other thing as well don't worry it's not all 
people staring at sand dunes. Like it's this other <laughs> stuff too. Um, and so I think that that's what it is, isn't it? You can clearly see there are shots or there are scenes that were, I think, part of Villeneuve's, it's part of his vision, it's part of that, it's part of the story. However, I think they were shifted around in order to facilitate, there's notes there, there are studio notes that are a bit like, we need more fighty-fighty, punchy-punchy, mm-hmm. because this we need to sell this on par with Marvel films and... Um, you know, Star Wars and everything else. And it's not that. And I think that's sort of like, again, part of the problem is where they sort of like, you know, they have to, I mean, we are going to be talking about um, another Villeneuve film in this, this season. We're going to talk about Blade Runner 2049. Mm. And I think one of the, the things we will have to address is how it didn't, it much like its predecessor didn't do massive box office, mm-hmm. but it's still, and I have an opinion we'll talk about, it, but it's still, you know, very much stands up. I don't want to sort of mm-hmm. spoil my review, but there's, there is sort of still this thing of like certain types of science fiction, certain types of film. And I think they were scared of falling into that trap. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I guess that my only comment would be that it is incredibly superficial of Hollywood to be concerned about the punchy punchy and the fighty fighty and making sure that uh you know jason momoa's ripped abs are in there um as opposed to a conventional hollywood structure is in there and i like the hollywood structure Mm. i mean i i think hollywood is incredibly good at writing in the most basic structural sense there's a reason why we talk about the React structure. There's a reason why the terms of screenwriting are terms that everybody knows mm-hmm. and certainly writers have to know. And it's because, damn it, they work. Mm. Um, and, you know, sort of giving me the punchy punchy and the ripped abs in slow motion close up. Uh, I mean, I'm slightly exaggerating, but not much. Um and not giving me the three-act structure is sort of giving me everything I don't like about Hollywood and none of what I do, if that makes sense. No, that's fair. I, I, I Exactly. Um, I think the only thing is, and you know, we've had to concede this point in the past, is unfortunately sort of Jason Momoa's abs are paying the bills in some cases. <laughs> so it's a bit of a sort of swings and roundabouts. Now, and I understand what you're saying, but you're right. I think it does suffer for that. Now, I really do hope that when part two comes, it sort of addresses some of these issues and a bit like um, we've seen with some other films where you do get those part twos, there's more confidence in the director and the vision and they let him sort of run with it a little mm-hmm. bit more. So we'll see what, what comes. But I am excited for the part two. I will say, sort of having come out of it, although I'm still, I'm, you know, it's come down sort of from an eight down to a seven, I am still very much really looking forward to it. I still really enjoy it. I still think it's beautiful. And I think a lot of the cast mm. are very good. I think, um, and I'm, I'm and Sarah Ferguson, not Sarah Ferguson, bloody hell, that's the one of the Royals. Jessica, no, fair name, no. The, um, his mother, Rebecca Ferguson, Christ almighty. Uh, uh, Jason Isaacs and, and a lot of those, you know, Timothy Chalamet's fine, but like a lot of the cast are mm. really good and, and really strong. And so I do enjoy um what is presented to me. So I am looking forward to part two. Um, anyway. Well, I mean, at, at this point, we've had 50 films that we've rated. We, you know, we've talked about 60. Um, so I, I can reveal to you mm. that your average out of all of 50 films is 6.5. 
I am so middle of the road. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that's good. Mine is six point five seven five. And I think what's I think what's most fascinating about this to me is I am constantly in, in my own private life, I'm constantly being attacked by my friends and my 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 uh people I'm I'm close to for being too hard on movies. <laughs> and you're hard you're you are objectively harder than me. I am. Uh, so I'm, I mean the data's there. I am a softie. Um and, and I will say that we have chosen predominantly, not entirely, but predominantly movies that we respect mm. or heard were good. I mean, we haven't chosen like, you know, uh clusterfuck from outer space, you know. We have got we have got um, Howard we got Howard the Duck coming, so Yeah, but actually both of us think Howard the Duck is in the race. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that and that's why it's in there, right? So um yeah, so you are tougher than I am. Now, I'm going to take the viewers on a history of stories out of time and space. Mm. So in season one, your highest rating was uh, an eight to Blade Runner and the Fly. Mm. And your lowest was a five to Solaris. So you were in the five to eight range. My highest was a nine to Forbidden Planet. And my lowest was a four to Looper. Uh, <laughs> so interestingly, Solaris and Looper were both the other person's, mm. you know, choices. Uh, so season two, your highest was eight point five to Dread. New record. Your at, at that point, your your favorite science fiction movie ever on a record is Dread. Your lowest was a five to Valerian, right? Tied for with Solaris again, a Julian pick. I admit, I would say of those two, Solaris would win out over Valerian. But there you go. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so my highest was an eight in season two to Bill and Ted, mm. and a five to John Carter, which again <laughs> was a Scott pick. But I actually think uh, is, is better than people think. Um, so moving on to season three, your highest was an eight point five to Little Shop of Horrors. Tied yes. with a record for Dread, and your lowest was 4.5. Now, it's interesting. We both were enthusiastic about the 50s block, but you had a 4.5 to them versus the Flying Saucers and Event Horizon later in the season. Should, I should highlight two things on that, though. Um, when we talk about Little Shop of Horrors, I'm talking the director's original mm-hmm. ending uh, mm-hmm. is what is what elevates it to the 8.5. Um and also that 50s block, although enjoyable, I think, yes, there are certain ones that stand out as you just go, huh, that's that's interesting. Well, so in season three, my highest was a nine. Mm. So here I'm returning to that nine of Forbidden Planet, uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, which is a Scott pick. Mm. Excellent film. You know, film. Right. I mean, we've mostly had these low ratings that were, you know, pet mm. ones of the other person but here is the opposite and the fountain um and then my lowest was a three to event horizon breaking a new record <laughs> uh, all right and then after season three uh in the gilliam block uh i gave time bandits a three which was uh tied with event horizon and you gave dalek's invasion earth 2150 a 3.5 which was a new breaking a new low <laughs> for Scott. Yeah. So your 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 ratings range from a three point five to eight point five, and mine from a three to nine. So I think it's interesting that your ratings are 
slightly lower than mine, even though I feel like I'm really mean um, and people think I'm really mean. <laughs> um, at least that's my self perception. You, I have slightly a slightly uh, more expansive, uh, you know, rating uh, mm. spectrum from three point nine and you're three point five to eight. Yeah, but that's a, that's a wide gamut of films as well. I like the fact, like you say, they're not just sort of like some of the films that are on that sort of up at the top. And again, like you say, it's not a shock to me when we sort of look at those ones for both of us are in that top mm. category because we've talked about them since like Dread, Little Shop Horrors, The Man Who Fell to Earth. Fountain was an interesting one for both of us. Again, I think it's a good film and I understand sort of like your perspective on it. I learned a lot in that discussion. That was really cool. Um, so, yeah. It's interesting how that has worked though, sort of the pair of us. And I wonder how it will affect with season four because I've looked back mm. even the, this sort of um, the, the films we've done for this and we went back even further because we started in the 30s. So we started with uh, Just Imagine and we've gone from there, you know, and so there's going to be some interesting sort of like feedback on those. We'll have to sort of provide that we discuss those scores. So I wonder how that'll pan out. Um, but can we get low in the 3.5? Could we introduce a film? That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. Part, part of me is like, can I introduce something intentionally? We're both like, that is awful. Like, here's a two or a one. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I would love that. Uh, I, I love uh, skewing those numbers. Um, so, so in the end, here are the here are the winners and losers. Mm. Okay, all consolidated together because after fifty movies 60 50 that were we've rated here are the winners and losers okay uh scott 8.5 to dread and little shop fours eight to blade runner and the fly yeah 7.5 godzilla bill and ted eyes without a face which was a julian one Mm -hmm. and the man who fell to earth Mm -hmm. Stand by all of us. I do. No, I'm, I'm just going to say because we say Godzilla. Just want to be clear, it's the 1954 version, and I still yeah. love that film as well. No, all of those, as you repeat them, I was like, I would happily sit and watch any of those films again right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. so so mine are uh, again skewed 0.5 higher. Nine to Forbidden Planet, The Man Who Fell to Earth, and The Fountain. Mm-hmm. Again, stand by. 8.5 Little Shop of Horrors on both of our lists. Uh, eight to Solaris, Blade Runner, Primer, Inception, Bill and Ted on both of our lists. Dread on both of our lists. Uh, Vanilla Sky, Twelve Monkeys. Mm. Okay, now here's the dregs. <laughs> uh, a five for you to Solaris, Valerian, When Worlds Collide. Four point five. Them, Earth versus the Flying Saucers, and Event Horizon. Mm. Three point five. Specially single out, singled out to Daleks Invasion Earth 2150. Yeah, I had lots of problems with that film. <laughs> <laughs> of those, it's funny because I reference Solaris, um, I've as, as being a, from season mm-hmm. season, I've mentioned a lot. I would elevate that because it sat in my brain, and there are there are images from that film. And there are sections from that film that have that have stuck with me to the extent where I want to know more of the filmmaker's catalogue. Um, and Stalker is, is, is one I sort of that seems to stand out. 
I'd, I'd probably elevate that. I'd have to think about how, and I might even have to watch it again, to be honest, to go back and say, okay, well, you know, how would I sort of view that film? I think it's longer than it needs to be. Um, yeah. And has sort of sections that I'm a bit like, eh, but there's some really good stuff in that film. And I think I'm, 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 I'm tempted to go back to it at some point and watch it again. So I think my score for that's the one that I think would probably creep up um, a little bit. I wondered about that. I mean, I think the solution to that is that we should do the George Clooney one at some point and, you know, <laughs> use that as an explanation, as an excuse to, to do the original research. Yes. That could be quite interesting, actually, the the, the Hollywoodization of it. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll put that on a future, a future mm. season. As a redux episode. Mm-hmm. So, so my bottom of the barrel is, and I, and I have similar sort of thoughts, is 4.5, Buckaroo Banzai. Four, Looper. Three, Event Horizon and Time Bandits. I have to say, out of all of these, the one I feel guilty about is Time Bandits. Mm. Um, it doesn't work for me, but I don't remember, like, the, like the charm persists in my memory and the trauma of watching it does not. Right. Like, yes. If that makes sense. Um, you know, I remember the concept and I think Buckaroo Banzai to a lesser extent, you know, in this is in the same category where I remember what it's trying to do mm. and the mm. specifics of just like going through scene after scene going like, oh, this is a mess. This is painful <laughs> to watch. Uh, just kind of fades away like the pain of childbirth. And, and I'm left with you know, an appreciation for what was attempted. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I think of the Gilliam block, I think, like you said, the Gilliam films have a charm. Um, and I, I have a fondness for all of them. Um, but I agree that Time Bandits has structural and sort of... Um, compa- yeah, the fact that I definitely feel that Baron Munchausen is, a, is, is the better... Is a better film and sort of has similar sort of things in it. Like, but yeah, I think there's um, there's some good stuff in Time Bandits, and it's 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 probably not the one I'd go back to most, especially when you compare it to like Brazil and Munchausen and Twelve Monkeys and stuff. But I still enjoy some of the stuff in there. Yeah. I think it's limited by well, some of its special effects as well, but yeah. I think what the audience needs to know is they need to watch Dread, Little Shop of Horrors, and The Man mm. Who Fell to Earth, um, and maybe Bill and Ted. Um, and, you know, pretty much then they're done with science fiction movies. <laughs> yeah, that's a real... <laughs> that's re- <laughs> Stop listening to this podcast. You're done. Yeah, they're the top four of all time. That's what we're saying, of all time. That's a really sort of interesting... Um, Mm. No, I, I, I do kind of, I, I am like a data guy and I like to uh, also keep track of like wh- what we correlate on and what we don't, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like Dread is one of those movies that nobody ever thinks is like the top 10 sci-fi movies ever made, but nobody ever watches it and doesn't love it, right? It oh, doesn't say yeah. like, no, that's really good. Yeah, it's one of those weird films that sort of like, there's a few films like that that have like, passed by it didn't do well at the box office it got a second life on on blu-ray and dvd and on streaming and it's one of those where sort of like every you know everyone compared it to like the raid which was the uh, indonesian action film which is fine is and, and the raid's a great film but nobody talks about the raid 
Do you know what I mean? But people are still yeah. talking about dread. Dread's one of those that sort of like comes up in conversation and not just in sort of science fiction and fantasy, but like, you know, just in sort of those things of like, oh no, dread was a, was a real sort of like underrated um, mm-hmm. movie. And it's sort of like, even now people are like, how did that not like 10 years on, this is 10 years now. How did that not get a sequel? And you yeah. do, I, I do love that film and you go back to it and it's, I still now stand by the fact that it, it, it understands, you know, they forget the, the, Stallone version, but it Dread understands what Judge Dread is so close. I mean, you know, there are certain things it doesn't go the full mega city um, gamut of all the sort of like the, the full satire and everything. Yeah, but it, right. it but it gets the sort of like the 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 majority of it, which I think's um, why it's so so good. And it's brave. It's brave in so many ways. No, I agree. Um, I mean, I think it's it's. It's a limited story. Mm-hmm. It's part of the problem, right? Like, you know, 2001 for all of its, you know, being a cliche, we all know what it's about, right? It's mm. about humanity, the future of humanity and how we understand ourselves. Dread is like, yeah, in this universe, in this particular dystopian future, here is the perfect introduction to these characters. Yeah. Right. And and, and a brilliant villain, and, and I love it from start to finish, but... I can understand people leaving it and saying that's not sticking with me. Like, what is, what is that about? I, yeah. I also think at the time it came out, cause you're right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think is it's not supposed to really be about cause it's a day in the life. And I like the fact that it is just right. a day in the life. Like it's, here's this guy, but like dread, cause it, it came out early superhero days. This was coming out the same year as the Avengers came out the same year as uh, dark Knight rises. Um, so you've got these two massive sort of superhero films, and then you've got Dread, and it's like, oh, it's a science fiction superhero film, like it's a science fiction cop film, sort of thing. And those that it didn't get it, you know, there's people that didn't get it first because they were like, like, oh no, your main protagonist is not a hero, like you know, you know, right. like in this film, like they're not trying to put him. Like, this isn't like yeah. the Stallone version where you're trying to put him up as an action hero. Like, oh no, Dread in this is brutal and you know, isn't an aspirational character. Like they've made him this, this, you know, the justice system is broken and you sort of, the whole thing around peach trees and, and the people that live there, mm. like it's, it's, um, yeah. It, it, I think sometimes people come out as having watched sort of like, you know, you'll have seen um, Avengers and the, the new Marvel stuff and this sort of the new uh, angle that this, this superhero sort of genre was taking. And it would have hit people a little bit like, yeah, you know, people talk about, Zack Snyder and and sort of like you know Man of Steel, which came out I think around this time, 2011, 2013 maybe, and go oh, it's darker, it's just a different take on it. And I'm going like, yeah, Dread did it first, and it scared the shit out mm. of certain people. Like they did not know how to take this, so it's like you know that I think that's a big part of it. Like they just were. If, if that was to come out now, I think if you were to release Dread 2022, I think you'd have a much different story on your hands. Well, I wish that were the case. I mean. It's funny you mentioned Dark Knight Rises and the Avengers. I mean, it's crystal clear to me between those three and Dread, um, you know, which is the better film. Mm. Uh, you know, Dread's the only one that I really need to see again. I agree. Yeah. Of those three, I would, I, that's the one that I watch more often, to be honest. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
I was sort of looking at the time we sort of spending. So let's just quickly look. Well, any, of the, any of the stats we want to throw out? Sort of. Um, no, no, not at all. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that uh, you know you are the hard-nosed guy, and I am the softy. Um, you know, <laughs> very true. you're mean. I am. You're just mean. I am. Trying to, I'm trying to. Fucking movies. I am. These people oh, they I'm... pour their heart and their blood into these <laughs> movies, and then you just casually rate them a five or six. And I tell them, and I then retell them how they should have made the film as well. So not only, <laughs> not only do I poorly rate them, I then tell them what they should have done. Yeah, I'm a complete bastard. I am. I'm. I'm trying to bring down Hollywood, uh, one, <laughs> one podcast at a time. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it can't stand it. Um, no, I mean it's funny because everybody says everybody in my private life is like, "You are so mean, Julian." <laughs> <laughs> All of my friends are just like, "You are by far." the worst critic just the most ferocious mean nitpicky critic and i finally met my match in scott weatherly yeah so that's why i think that's why we have this podcast i think uh, so i think so like we're not we're not, <laughs> we're not going to accept mediocrity all the time and and you know i think that's the point but we've got some great stuff coming as well i just want to sort of just touch on what we've come in because we've obviously done uh, we obviously do a lot of ours, but well, do all of ours in chronological order. And this is coming out just as sort of like as we hit the 80s, we've just done Outland. We've got Wrath of Khan coming. We did Empire, sorry, uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Outland. We've got Wrath of Khan coming. So we're re entering Star Trek. We've got Howard the Duck. Um, and then we are going to sort of, we've got The Running Man. I'm just going through mine. So running Man. Yeah. I'm quite looking forward to this discussing that one. An Arnie film coming into the fray. Um, all the way up, we've got some great ones. Um, Waterworld, Dark City, The Iron Giant, Battle yeah. Royale. So, I, I'm forcing you to watch some really fucked up movies this season. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm always forcing you to watch foreign stuff, whether it's, uh, you know, great stuff like Solaris, mm. or it's, you know, I mean, I do think Battle Royale is great. Oh, I'm also, forward to that. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, coming up like, so after it's like, Hitchhikers, uh, the Hollywood version, Transformers, mm -hmm. Time Crimes. Then we get to Tokyo Gore Police. <laughs> hard to be a god. I mean, these are these are <laughs> fucked up movies <laughs> that I'm forcing you to watch. The later half of this season. Oh, well, yeah, we end on Possessor as well, which is a film mm. I haven't quite yet, but I've, I've been holding off watching because I really want to talk when we get to it. But it looks amazing, and so yeah, we got some crazy films coming in the second half of this season, like some really cool stuff um, that I think is going to challenge us and challenge. Um, uh, our audience. So I, I'm I'm thrilled. I can't wait. So Waterworld's another good one where I'm like, yeah, Waterworld's going to be an interesting one because um, I think it's slightly underrated. Um, I agree. And so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to sort of how we sort of take on Kevin Costner. Um, I mean, I saw it in theaters at the time, uh, you know, and uh, it has that kind of like Titanic thing of mm. like it went over budget catastrophically so got great press for doing it that became the narrative but mm. somehow titanic uh survived and became beloved and a billion dollar movie and Waterworld is just this catastrophe that doesn't seem entirely fair no i i agree i think um and it fits into kevin costner's 90s epic like he was doing a series of epics at this point for some reason. Like he was determined to do like the longest film at some point. Like God knows why. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to sort of talking about that. I think that's going to be a really good one. Anyway, 
this has been our hundredth episode. This is our celebration of a hundred episodes um, of stories out of time and space. And I, I always want to throw out a big thank you first to to Julian for joining me on this journey and discussing all these films and, and, and to many more that will come before come after us. But also to all the people that have listened to us, reviewed us, left comments. Uh, and everything else sort of like you know please continue to do so and make suggestions like you know please get in contact at pod time space come and tell us what films you think we should do not just films tv shows because obviously the other thing we haven't really talked about is the fact we did red dwarf we did doctor who we did westworld and so we've done uh, an awful lot of like uh, our sort of interseason twilight zone every every second week now yeah yeah so go check out the rest of that's on our patreon but yes yeah, so i just want to thank everyone for listening and, and joining in on this uh, this podcast I'm into that, and uh, it's it's been such an intense pleasure. This is one of the things that I, when I think of what I'm doing with my life, that I am proudest of and I love the most. Uh, on that short list is doing this with you, Scott, and uh, I thank you for that. No, it's, it, I feel the same. This is a joy, and it's sort of it's one of those things. Every uh, every week or every other week when we do the recordings, it's sort of it's uh it's just yeah you know when work and life and everything can be you know <laughs> utter utter shit uh this is a this is sort of like a you know joy in the in the in that week so i i, I do always sort of look forward to it and treasure it um but anyway thank you very much for people listening and and to us gushing over sort of like our work mm. <laughs> if you want to gush and praise us then we're more than open to that as well so please come and find us <laughs> on at part time space uh, and check out our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash 20 or two zero CG media. Uh, we are there to talk to anyway, we are going to be jumping back into films. So the next one you're going to find is going to be star Trek Two: the wrath of Khan. So we'll see you on that episode. So Julian, thank you very much for, as always for everything. And uh, yeah, let's go board the enterprise. Looking forward to it. My brother. Excellent. Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next episode. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams.